Hello, hello, and welcome to a top 25 NBA edition of the Pick and Play podcast, where we are going to be breaking down our top 25 players. And to help lead that discussion, Leo, how you doing? I'm great. This is that time of year where you can really sit down and dig into the NBA now that football is over. It's a great time of year. We were complaining off mic about the, the scheduling of the NBA. Uh, I, I really wish that we didn't have a six-hour gap between start times today and games because I, you know, I'm really ready to just sit down and watch basketball. Uh, but the NBA only wants to give us one one, one o'clock game. So Yeah, that, and it's the, I'm at. it's the fucking yeah. Wizards, which is disrespectful Wizards Celtics I mean get the fuck out of here I don't know there's a big gap now in the middle of the day where we should there's there are four seven to seven thirty starts just spread some of that that's bullshit but what we're going to be breaking down is not bullshit we have broken down our top 25 players in the NBA right now based on uh you know certain criteria you have your superstars these are you know I, I, I kind of call them my Novas, my supernovas. These people just light the world on fire. Um, after that, we just kind of have our, you know, maybe a budding star. This is this is someone who's trying to move into that perennial MVP consideration. And then we have the people that are on the cusp. This doesn't necessarily have to be the young crew. Uh, this could be a vet that maybe is in a better position and, and they're making more of an impact. Um, so, so there's a lot of directions we can take this. Uh, but what we're going to do is Leo's going to break down his 25. 1 through 25, we'll stop at certain points. Uh, we'll comment on certain things. I'm sure we'll have a lot of back and forth. Uh, and then I'll run through my 25. So why don't you go ahead and kick us off? All right. So I'm going to start us off at the bottom, and we can work our way up to the top. Ooh, frosty. Uh, so this, the, the bottom tier here that we're calling the on the cusp, so what, what I looked at for this tier is I'm looking at players that don't necessarily have the ceiling to be the, the driving force of a, of a contender. You know, the, these are players that are more, uh, maybe need a little bit more development or maybe are past the point where they can carry a franchise. Uh, you know, guys that are maybe have an all-star ceiling, but you're not expecting them in the MVP discussion. And uh, this is actually the biggest group. Uh, this is the biggest tier that I have in the 25. So just to, to name my guys that I have in that tier, in that bucket of all-star ceiling, I have Gordon Hayward. I have DeMontis Sabonis. I have Zion Williamson. I have Chris Paul. I have Brandon Ingram, Rudy Gobert, Devin Booker, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Those are the guys that I have in that group where I don't expect them to put the franchise on their back and, you know, contend for a title. Uh, but those are solid all-star players, and they could give you more with the exception of Chris Paul. Chris Paul is really going down the list. You know, a few years ago, he would have been yeah. in a higher tier. Uh, at this point, I think all-star is really his ceiling. How many people do you have in that category? I have, let's see, three, six, nine, nine. 12 of my 25. 12 of your 25 in this group. 12 of my 25 are on the cusp. 12. Interesting. So we have a lot of similar. We'll get into mine. Um, you have Zach Levine in your group, huh? I guess that's a that's a young riser. That, that guy, you know, I, I actually had some trouble 
from your list to my list first, I didn't think you'd have Rudy Gobert in there. I have Rudy no? Gobert in my list. Oh, okay. No, I feel like Rudy Gobert has to get some respect given how the Jazz are doing. You know, he's the backbone of that defense. I don't personally like Rudy Gobert. He's not my boy. You know, like, yeah. I, I, I don't turn on my TV ever and go, hmm, let me, let me consume some Rudy Gobert. But, I mean, credit, you got to give credit where it's due. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of was, um, <laughs> he brings up the rear on my list. But I did believe that we were going to have uh, some back and forth where you didn't believe. Like, I, I just didn't think you'd have him in the top 25. I, I, when you look at the Jazz today, uh, he's kind of the central focus on them making everything run through the middle. Um, and his defense is, is ridiculous. So I thought I was going to have to fight you a little bit on that. I'm a little surprised. Um, I did not have uh, Zach Levine on my list at all. Um, no, Zach Levine. Can I make the argument for Zach Levine? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it because I right, I, I, so, I have Ja in his place. Ah, that hurts me a little bit because I don't have Ja on mine, but we'll get to that later. So with Zach Levine, my thing is this guy is going crazy this year. Like if, if you look at the numbers, his scoring, he's scoring career highs. I mean, he's got career highs across the board. His efficiency, he, you know, we talk about the 50-40-90 club, shooting 50% yep. from the field, 40% from three, 90 from the line. He's not currently in that club, but he's 50-40-86. You know, so his his shooting has been elite. He's up at 28 points a game this year. Uh, Billy Donovan, I, I don't know if it's Billy Donovan's doing, you know, but this guy's playing the best basketball he's ever played in his career. I had to give him a shout-out with at least throwing him in the on the cusp category. All right, real quick, run me through those, those 12 again. I'm going to match him up to mine. I have Gordon Hayward. Okay. DeMontis Sabonis. Zion Williamson. Chris Paul, Brandon Ingram, Rudy Gobert, Devin Booker, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. See, I've got Jalen higher than that. I think Jalen is going to be the next. I think Jalen looks really fucking good. I, I do like Taysom, um, and our lists are pretty much the same. I'll tell you the ones. I don't have Gordon Hayward on my list at all. Um, I don't. Gordon Hayward didn't crack the top twenty-five. Okay. Did not crack my top twenty-five. Sabonis didn't either, and I'm gonna say that that's probably he should have been. I don't know who I'd kick out when we go through the list. I don't know who I'd kick out. Tell me a little bit about Sabonis. I mean, because this is really it's not that Sabonis. If for me, it's not that Sabonis isn't deserving of it maybe this year, but I feel like he's gone to another level this year, uh, and they're using him in a way to kind of propel him up. Um, and, and honestly, the, 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 well, I know who I have in the spot. I'll save it for later. But, um, you know, what makes you look at Sabonis and go, okay, top 25 guy? This, is it just the offensive production here? Which is, which is absurd. I think with Sabonis, it's not just the fact that he's giving you uh, 20 and 10 every night. I mean, which is good. <laughs> you know, like you, you want 20 and 10 from your power forward. He's giving you 21 points, 11 rebounds a game. The thing that I think is underrated about his game is his playmaking. Uh, the, okay. The Pacers, they do a good job on offense of getting, getting their guys easy buckets. You know, the Pacers are one of those teams where you look at their roster and you go, ah, this team is probably at the bottom of the <laughs> East, right? Yeah. But, but then you look at the standings and it doesn't match. And I think as, part of that is because 
of DeMontis Sabonis. And so I wanted to give him some respect. He's averaging nearly six assists per game this year. That's from your power forward center. That's It's Jokic-level stuff. We give Jokic all the credit for being, you know, the unicorn big man who can pass. But I think DeMontis Sabonis is right there on his ass. We just don't give him as much credit for it. Yeah, he has uh, So. I don't think he's been doing it, and I don't think he's gotten the prime time availability to do it. Right, and that's because he plays in Indiana. Yeah, you know, who yeah. the fuck is watching the Pacers? Not me. I don't spend that much time watching Indiana unless right. they're in a close game, you know, something like that. But, you know, he's averaging 5.6 assists per game, and that's coming off of five assists a game last year. This guy really does a lot of the playmaking from the post over there, and I, I just, you know, he's one of those guys where I think he's underrated, and I thought he deserved some shine. So I threw him in there. Okay, you've used 12 spots. You have 13 left. Let's see your next tier. My next tier. So we got the high-end players that I believe need help if they're going to be champions. So these are your your cream of the crop, but not the, the elite elite. Okay. You know, and, and so in this group, I have how many players here? I think I have seven players in this group. Uh, I have Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving. Damian Lillard, Paul George, Luka Doncic, James Harden, and Nikola Jokic. And so, again, these are guys that we already know. They're all NBA potential, but I don't think that you could build a championship team solely around these players. And that's how I kind of tried to group them. I'll be honest with you. I think we may have the exact – oh, no, I have a little bit of a different list. But we're almost step for step here. Uh I honestly had the toughest time when I was going through this list um, with Dame. Um, I feel like uh, Dame for me was was a guy that, you know, when you look at what he's been doing, it's not that, okay, I don't want to talk shit about C.J. McCollum because C.J. McCollum reminds me a lot of, uh, he's just a, he's just a really fucking solid player. Like CJ McCollum, if he's your number three, your team's probably really fucking good, but he's your number two in Portland and has been pretty much, you know, the whole time with Dame. And, and I don't really know if Dame's ever had a solid supporting cast around him. Like I always feel like they're a team that I don't know why I want to compare them a little bit to like Indiana with, with like uh, Paul George, where they had pieces around him, but it was never anything really noteworthy. And when I look at Dame, I put him in the same group you did. Uh, but I just, that guy is someone who just does not get the respect he deserves. And I think a lot of, I don't think anyone has anything negative ever to say about Dame. We just never bring him up, really. I feel like he gets lost in Portland sometimes. And he's a really, there's just, there's room for a Dame Lillard on every single team. Like, every single team would trade for Dame Lillard. Like, I, I just, um, I really struggled with him, and I think that his impact on the floor is really great. And he's he's not hurt ever. <laughs> and, and they're always in the playoffs. And if you give him a shot at a single game elimination, he can kill you. But I ended up in the same place, but it, I really struggled with Dame. Dame was the one guy uh, in this list that I wanted to put in my top tier. Uh, But I I reserve that top tier for guys where I say, if you put this guy on any team, they're a championship contender, you know, if you build the right team around them. And Dame is... It's hard because I don't want to say anything negative about Dame. I I love Dame, you know? But I just... 
we've seen Dame get you to the to the conference championship before. You know, they got to a Western Conference final. But I think that if Dame is going to be your engine, you know, that runs the whole team, I think I just don't think that you win a championship if he is, you know, if you got to put all your eggs in his basket. Yeah. You know, and and I do want to push back a little bit on the CJ McCollum. Like I think CJ McCollum is a good number 2 option. And, and I think it fits what they're doing over there. You know, they, they like working off both of them, kind of let them yeah. take turns creating plays and scoring. I, I think that they need a better third option is what I think. Okay. Uh, you know, I think CJ is a suitable too. But, you know, once you move past CJ, who is their third option? Can you name the Blazers' third option right now? No. And CJ's out. So it's not even right. like they have him. Um, exactly. I, I'm, on a good night every healthy your third option is Nurkic Nurkic yeah and but, he's been hurt like he hasn't looked the same either uh, he's out right now what wrist injury Rodney Hood foot Zach Collins ankle like I, I don't know I feel like if you were to tell me that it was Dame Lillard Paul George and then CJ McCollum I would say that's a team that competes for championships and that's kind of where I go you know I think they CJ's great, and CJ definitely overperformed throughout his entire career compared to where people slotted him in draft day. But I don't know. Sure. And, and, you know, right now we talk about it. Portland's 15-10 and 10 without all those players, and there's Dame Lillard holding them up. Meanwhile, you have players we put on this list like Luka, who, you know, that team's still right around 500, and he's not able to propel them past all their shortcomings. Uh, but... Right, right. I'm glad you bring Luca up, actually, because when I was making this list, I almost felt like I disrespected him a little bit by not putting him in that tier with the elite. Uh, but I want to explain that because I know someone listening to this is going to listen and be like, what? You don't think Luca is up there with, you know, it's not that. It's that I, this list that I list in this tier, I don't think that you can put Luca on any team in the NBA and they become a title contender. Uh, I don't believe that to be fact. Uh, and I, I think that he has championship potential, you know, and, and all the guys in this tier could win a championship with the right team around them, you know, but it's yep. got to be the right situation. You know, just like James Harden. James, No disrespect to James Harden, but we've already seen what you get yep. if, if you put all your eggs in the James Harden basket and it's not a championship. So, you know, just to kind of qualify the list a little bit, all these guys I, I do think very highly of. Kyrie's already won a ring. Uh, you know, Harden's been to a championship. Jokic has been to a conference championship. Like, these guys, have, they've taken their teams far. They're just not guys that I think you can put all your eggs in their basket and expect to end up with a trophy. I think Luka could be in the top tier. It's just going to take more time. Like, yes, I, I he think... has the potential to get there. Yeah. It's just as of... Today, uh, February 14, 2021, he's not there. Yeah, and we we've, we see it. Um, sometimes we like to crown people way too soon. Luca was the odds-on favorite for MVP, but none of the math really lined up with that. And I think you're seeing it. Oh, well, he's not a top, you know, he's not one of your superstar players. All right, well, let's, you know, honestly, okay, compare him to the people we're going to have in the superstar category. He's not them. And that's where you're at. It's not a disrespect to him. The NBA's got a lot of talent. Some people don't get to make the list. Like, that's part of the, the when, you're, when, you're, when you're crunching it. I really ran into this list, and here's what I thought. All of these guys, if they're your number two option, you are most likely 
a a we are competing for championships we are in the finals every fucking year if they're your number one you better have another number two that's on this list in this in the same category as them which you see with Kyrie and Harden. Okay, well, that if there was no KD and it was Kyrie and Harden, I'd still say that team in the East is going to go to the, you know, has a shot at going to the finals. They're competing. You put any combination of these two, uh, the two of these players together, and you're in the finals. But just by themselves, I agree with you. I don't think they get it done. Um, and, and, you know. Uh, let me ask you a uh, in, in reference to Bradley Beal, what tier did you put Bradley Beal in? I have him in the same spot. I have him a little further. I have him further down my list. He, there are three people. He, he, he is almost at the cutoff of me going, these are the cusp people. These are your third options yes. in a way. He was very close right. to that. Very close. Cause, and you know what? I, I view Bradley Beal as a piece that every, again, there isn't a team that Bradley Beal can't slot into and you're like, now nah, we're better. Like, that's the truth. It's not like he's he's not horrible defensively. He's not completely careless with the ball. He doesn't have to be the on-ball playmaker to get buckets. He can get them being, you know, Russell Westbrook's second guy. Um, I think the telling thing is none of us, you know, here's the problem with Beal. Neither one of us have Russell on this list, do we? No. No, not right now. I'm so, I love Russ, but not right now. I can't put him in the top 25. I don't know if right now, today, truthfully, he'd make the top 50. If you just judged it on today. Oh, 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 oh all right. Hold on now. Let's relax. No, no top 50 for Russ? L- let's talk about it. If he was top 50 player and Beal were saying he's a top 15, how are you the worst team in the NBA? The, the roster around them is a dumpster fire. I know, but there's a lot Sucks of dumpster fire rosters. I, don't, I just look at it and I look at teams, and you're in the East. It's not like you're, you know, you're dealing with the bullies in the West. You're in the East. They have six wins. They have less wins than Detroit. If he is that top caliber player, there's no way you're... He, Detroit, Cleveland, Orlando, Chicago, the, there are some... Man, there are terrible rosters in there. Terrible. Detroit's roster? You know what? That's just where we're at today I with think, him. I think you, you sold me on him. You, I think we got to move Beal down down a tier. I, I feel like I got to move Beal down a tier. I don't want to, but like now and talking it out, listening to your argument, I think Beal has to belong in the, the cusp yeah, category. I think it, because if Zach Levine and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are in that category for me, I gotta put Beal in there too. So that's where you know, and then when and that's that goes to the Russ thing. Well, if these guys are superstars, dude, there's you can't you just it, it's not like Russ isn't capable of playing 38 minutes a game. Same with Beal. So it's not like you have to have terrible people on the court with him at all times. Uh, Rui's not a bad player. They have some decent players. They play. They collectively play zero defense. R- Russell's just, you know, he took a lot of damage through a long part of his career. A lot of damage. And eventually, shots stop falling for him, and he doesn't have the athletic ability to get there. I think it's all around a bad news, but, yeah, we didn't. It's, I think it's telling. We didn't put Russell on the list at all. Um, and I think after looking at where the Wizards are, you've got to drop Beal, too. So um, I'm in the same boot. I, I had him up top. I'm going to drop him down as well. 
Yeah, I don't. I'm not really. I don't subscribe to Russ Lander. You know, I, I don't ever want to speak negatively of Russ because I I really love him. But I did see a stat the other night that said that the Wizards were about a 500 team this season when Russ is missing. Yeah. And they are well, well below 500 when he plays. So you know, as much as I would love to defend Russ, the numbers they speak for themselves, I guess. It's okay to look at. Um, I really think it's okay to look at Russ and go, I appreciate everything you did. I think you were deserving of that MVP. I know a lot of people don't, but, you know, you filled the stat sheet up and your team did win games. Um, and I'm appreciative of everything you are. You're just, it's happening. You're hitting that point in your career. I mean, when I look, okay, let we take a real quick look at the top score of every single game that the Wizards have played this year. If, if Russell, Will, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook, is that top player, a top 40 player, top 30 player, one of these games he should be the top scorer on the Wizards. But he's never. He's never. Beal, Matthews, Beal, 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 Beal. Um, Bryant, Beal, 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 Beal. That's how it went. The, Russ isn't even, if it's not Beal, Russ isn't even close. That means Russ can't, Russ can't even get your 25 he used to get. It's just a, it's a sad state. But let's move forward. I do want to say one thing with Russ and looking at his numbers. Uh, it, it looks like, and just looking at the number and the eye test too, you know, we've seen, we don't need to talk about how bad Washington's been. But the eye test shows that maybe Westbrook is, he's entering that decline because his, his two-point percentages are as low as they've been yep. since since he entered the league his free throw attempts per game are as low as they've been since he was a rookie sophomore in the league to me that suggests he's not getting to the rim the way he used to he doesn't have the ability to get to that rim with that explosive first step that he used to have and if russ isn't explosive then things could get ugly quickly yep. which i don't want to see because i love russ i think things are ugly now <laughs> uh, let's let's press through. I want to hear your top list. Give me your number. Uh, let's see. You've got 19 on your list so far. So give me 20, 21, 22. Count up to your number one. Okay. So starting from the bottom up, I have Joel Embiid. And before I read the rest of the list with Joel Embiid, he's one that I thought I might have to put in the tier before, those high-end players that you need everything around them to be right if you're going to contend. Um, but I think I'm going – there's a little recency bias baked into his spot here. This season, and, and that's what I was making this list based on, this season – Joel Embiid looks like a franchise cornerstone, which is saying something because he was already the franchise cornerstone. He's you know, dominating. Joel, dominant, and it's almost every night now. Yeah. You know, before we were hoping, like, man, I wish that, you know, if Embiid could just give it to us every night, you know, we, we would be... He's giving it to you every single night now. He's, he's averaging 29... 30 a game, let's call it. 30 game, uh, 11 rebounds, He's giving you a block, a steal a game. But more important than any of that, I don't even give a fuck about the 30 points a game. This man shooting 40% from the three-point line. I know. He's shooting 85% from the free throw line. Yeah. If Joel Embiid's going to give you elite efficiency with elite scoring, with elite defense, with elite rebounding, like 
this is a guy that if the Sixers had any sense, they may have already made the finals at least one time. Yep. Uh, and, and I just, before, you know, I, I know that someone listening to this is going to listen and say, how could you put Joel Embiid in there? All we've seen him do is losing the playoffs over and over again. I don't care. This version of, what, of Joel Embiid that we're getting this year is the best version that we've ever seen. And I think he's our MVP. He's the pick and play podcast MVP, yep. right? Yep, 100%. All right. All right, so he's in the top tier. So moving on. Then I have Kawhi Leonard. I have Giannis. I have Steph Curry. I have Kevin Durant. And I have LeBron James. And I just realized that I made a massive omission from my list. Who'd you forget? Giannis? Can we kick uh, Gordon Hayward off the end of my list? I actually have an addition to this tier. Go for it. Anthony... Anthony AD. Davis. Okay, I was gonna I, say. I think you missed AD. I don't know AD. what the fuck I was doing when I made this list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe I was mad at AD when I made it or something. I don't know. We're gonna slot in AD. Uh, I'm gonna put him a notch below Embiid. What Embiid is doing is insane. Insane. Um. So we're gonna call it AD, Embiid, Leonard, Giannis, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and the King reigns supreme at number one. LeBron James is still the best player in the league in year 20 or whatever the fuck number year he's in right now. Uh, he's the most elite. He's showing that, you know, he's got the Lakers in the driver's seat of the league, uh, and they don't even look like they're trying very hard. So LeBron James, hands down, number one. Kevin Durant's on his heels, but no, LeBron's still got the top spot for me. Uh, we have almost an identical top of our roster, um, but I agree with you. I don't... When you look at what LeBron's doing this year, uh, honestly, the Lakers feel like they don't even try. They give you one quarter a night. One quarter a night, they lock in offensively and defensively, and that's the end of the ballgame for you. It's kind of stunning. They, you're like, man, this team, and they start so slow. Oh, God, they're down, they're down 22 to OKC. What's going on with the Lakers? Oh, well, at halftime, they're down seven. After the third, they're up eight. And in the fourth, you know, they won by nine. And you go, well, what? They just, LeBron's doing that thing where he's just kind of resting. He's just kind of taking it easy, taking it slow. As the, as the, as the game comes to him, he dominates. And then you still have Anthony Davis, who, like uh, two nights ago, can put up 35. So uh, LeBron James has been out of this world this year. I believe he's second to Joel Embiid in MVP voting. Um, the problem is, if you're an MVP voter, if you don't give LeBron the MVP this year, you really want to look in the mirror and say, I vote on the MVP, and for the last nine years, LeBron wasn't one of them. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough for our bet. You know, yeah, Joel Embiid winning MVP because as long as LeBron's got it going right now, he's got everyone eating out of the palm of his hand right now. Like I know. this man shooting better than he's ever shot from three. His minutes are the lowest they've been since he's been in the league, and the team is still rolling. I know, so I, I, I don't know. The Lakers are on a seven-game winning streak right now, and they don't even look that interested in basketball. So no, they don't. <laughs> right now, if the season ends, I think LeBron wins it, and you know, me and you would be sad because Embiid would be number two. Yeah, but. I personally still think Embiid is in the driver's seat. It's just, as long as LeBron stays at this level, we're screwed. We're screwed. And here's the thing. Like you said, they look like they sleepwalk at times. They're 21-6. and six. You know, 
Utah back to back games they've overcome twenty point deficits. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what a nut a, a a good chunk of money I keep making is when the game starts the Lakers start down like fifteen and they go okay well we're gonna give you two to one odds not the Lakers win this game and I just take it and then the Lakers win and I go oh, that was easy enough over and over again and they know it like they're starting to get smart to it that you're 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 a quarter into the game. And the Lakers are down 20, and the line still is like Lakers minus one. And you're like, what? 20 points? That's game, bud. And they're like, well, it, we thought the same thing, but we've been losing our fucking shirt. So we're going to turn it around. LeBron, number one. I mean, you have to look at his career at some point. We're almost at the – I remember this conversation I had where, you know, when, when everyone was comparing Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning won that second ring with Denver, and everyone looked at him and Tom and went, all right, now this is a really close race. Now, since that point, Peyton Manning retired, and Tom Brady has won four more rings. So you are in this position in the NBA now where you go, oh, man, the LeBron MJ. Well, let's be real here. If LeBron plays till 43 or 42 and wins two more rings and he was absolutely the king of the court for 25 years, what are we doing here? Like, that's where LeBron's starting to get to. Look at how he's playing. It's disgusting. So we're just going to assume he's going to go from an MVP who's shooting better than he ever has because he works on it more than anybody else. He's going to disappear like, LeBron could be around for five more years easily playing at a... He's number one on our list at 30-some... What is he, 30-fucking-7? Yeah. He's number one... Something. He's number one on our list. It's fucking absurd, man. It's fucking crazy. He's number one on our list. We went through a, a myriade of young players. None of them. We would still say, hey, you're starting your franchise today. Who are you taking? You go, LeBron. LeBron. And they're like, yeah, I'll take one LeBron James, please. Yeah. Yeah, but what about in five years? Yeah, what about it? When he's in the MVP consideration again at 42, like Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl at 42. Like, this is now possible. The wear and tear of the NFL is much worse than the NBA. I mean, Tom Brady had his ACL obliterated. He's still playing. Uh, it's absurd to me. LeBron, number one, absolutely incredible. So with LeBron, I want to speak to what you're saying a little bit here. LeBron, and I think that these kinds of things are the narrative things that kind of swing the race. The three overtime games in a row last week, right? Yep. The the competition wasn't great. It's two games against OKC, one game against Detroit, right? In those three overtime games, LeBron goes for 47 minutes in one game and 41 minutes in the two other games. I know. Not only that, but he's giving you 33 and 11. He's giving you 28 and 12. He's giving you, you know, 25, 8 and 7. Like, that's what he's giving you across 40-some minutes at 30, almost 37 years old. And like you said, he's still the most dominant force in the league. So... It's that kind of stuff that swings the MVP narrative because you got this man playing big minutes in three straight overtime games in February. Like, it's February. These games don't even matter right now. 
He's playing three deep into three straight overtime games and coming out with three straight wins with clutch plays sprinkled in all throughout. All throughout. The, the man is number one. Number one. So let's go ahead. I'm going to flip over to my list. And I'm going to do this in reverse order. So I'm going to start at number one just so we can cut through some time. I have LeBron one. Duh. I have KD two. I think our top of our list here is exactly the same. I have Steph three. So I don't. I, I think that when you're seeing exact same so far. I have Kawhi four. I have eighty five. I have Giannis six. That's where my supernova line ends. That's my. These are my championship winners. If you're on my team, you're. We know for a fact we're going to be a top three seed easily. And we're most likely going to be a force. Now, Giannis, I struggled with a little bit because of what he's done in the playoffs. But when you watch him in the regular season, the guy is a fucking sledgehammer. And he just destroys. And I don't really know if they've... We're, it's going to be interesting to see how they play with Drew Holiday. But they haven't put another superstar with him at all. I really think they failed on that level across the board. You know, for what you had to give up for Drew Holiday, what about Bradley Beal and Giannis? Like, you you couldn't make a deal and get fucking Bradley Beal, you know? Um, but that's my line there. Any issue with that? I don't have any issue with that. Uh, the only objection I have is more to Milwaukee. I don't want to put their playoff shortcomings squarely on Giannis's shoulders. Same. I know that that's what we do in the NBA. Uh, but I think a lot of their playoff shortcomings have to do with the fact that their coach, Bud, doesn't make any playoff adjustments. So as soon as they try to wall off Giannis, the Bucks every year seemingly are like, oh, what the fuck? I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How come you guys didn't do that before? And you're like, all right, well, what are you going to do about it? And they're like, nothing. We're going to get bounced. <laughs> Yeah. I do think Drew Holiday will help a little bit with that because when you wall off Giannis, now Drew Holiday is that guy that will make a play. Yep. You know, like Middleton is a good player, but he's not going to go make a play for someone. Right. He's just going to hit a shot. Drew Holiday might be able to make a play. So we'll see what happens with them in the playoffs. But other than that, I don't really have any objections to so your first seven. That's why Giannis is kind of my gatekeeper. I'm like, you have to be more talented than Giannis. Uh, to to kind of get past him. And and, and so that's where I turn the page to going, these are my, these are my superstars. These are my stars. These are, you know, these are my super, I have the Novas and then I have my superstars. My superstars are guys that they could blow up or this is who they are. Um, And that list, my, my number seven is Joel Embiid. Because I go, you know, honestly, you, if he makes the conference finals this year, he'll be a superstar. He'll be a Nova for me. You're like, this guy's just going to fuck you up. And when you look at the East, no one has a player that can stop Joel in the playoffs. So if Joel's going 38 a night in the playoffs, he'll be that supernova. Unstoppable 38. Here's the other thing about Joel. You know, he's almost averaging 10 free throws a game. That's up. He's been very aggressive. That's Very aggressive. That's so big. Because if he's going to be giving your team... So if he's going to be fucking your big up, by putting up, um, you know, 30 a game on his ass and then giving him 10 fucking fouls. You're in fucking trouble. <laughs> like, you're in trouble. He's going to foul your big guy out while abusing him. And then when you bring your backup in, he's going to abuse the fuck out of him too. So That's what concerns me about a potential Philly Nets matchup if I'm a Nets fan. 
because they are ready, and I'm sure that they're going to get a buyout guy. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Tristan Thompson or some shit ends up in He'll in, eat him alive. In Brooklyn. Right. But uh, I think that that's where Brooklyn should be a little scared because, sure, DeAndre might be able to bang bodies for him a little bit. I still expect him <laughs> to dominate him. But what happens when DeAndre has three fouls and he has to sit? I know you're not going to put Kevin Durant on Joel Embiid. No, you, you couldn't. Like, Durant, see, the, the, the Daryl Morey has the Sixers in an incredible spot because he's got a golden gun, and no one else in the entire East has anyone that can match up against him. Now, you can say the same about KD. No one can match up with KD. The thing is, KD's not giving you what Joel brings from a defensive and offensive perspective as well as he's going to put your whole team in foul trouble. That's the scary thing. He go. I, we haven't seen him. I don't think we've seen the full intensity with him. I'm waiting to see as we get closer and the tensions start to rise. Doc Rivers got him playing out of this world, but that that's where I have my have Embiid and Giannis kind of right next to each other, and the playoffs are really going to determine which one of them I have seated in that spot for next year. So let me continue down the list. Um, after that, I have Dame, Kyrie, Jokic, Luka. And I have Jokic over Luka kind of for the same reason. I need, I just need a little more out of Luka. And I understand all the numbers are phenomenal. I get it. But I need more floor general from Luka in terms of his, uh, his attitude. I think he pouts a lot and when things don't go his way. And I think that's bleeding one of the rest of their team. That's nitpicky. Still a top player for me. Uh, and then I have Harden. Now that ends my like superstar uh, conference final potential team. I have a very long list of on the cusp, but but that ends my um, kind of super, you know, my, my next tier. All right, so it's arguing time. Why, and, and it's only a one spot difference, so I don't want to overblow it, but why do you have uh, Luka Doncic over James Harden? Um, I've just seen... I personally put, don't think Luka does anything better than James Harden does it. Um, I, I guess the way I look at it, really, uh, and so I had... This is a, this brings up another conversation. Do you believe that you could see a better James Harden than you have in his career the rest of the way out in this season? No, no, I mean, he's already won an MVP. I don't think he's about to get better. And so when I and you're right, I don't think I do believe that Harden right now does almost everything better than Luca. But when I look at Luca, the potential of him continuing to rise, that's why I have him one spot above. Because when I go, if I'm going forward with this person for the rest of the year, I believe Luca has another I, I when we saw him in the bubble, that Luca in the bubble that guy was better than James Harden, in my opinion. And that's where I have okay, him above. that's fair. That's, that, and it's, like I said, it's one spot. But I look at the, what could, if hit, if you hit the gas and said you're going to empty the whole tank tonight, which one of them would get you over that playoff hump? And while we have not seen Luka do it, I know Harden can't. So, I, I kind of give the slight edge to, to Luka there. And, and, you know, if you want to, you can hit the problem is I can't defend it except by going off of something we haven't seen. So that's where that's okay. where I'm at. That's fair. That's that's definitely fair. So one person I didn't hear in that that group that you just gave me was Paul George. 
did did I just miss it, or was Paul George not in that group? Paul George is not in that group. Ooh, explain that, or, or give give me your reasoning because I think Paul George, you know, as much as we love to shit on Paul George because it's fun, yeah, he's having a hell of a year. He is having a crazy year. Um, but his last couple years, this isn't what it's looked like. Uh, it has at times. So when I look at Paul George, and, and the, <laughs> it's funny because uh, Paul George is next on the list. Um, he's oh, okay. one spot down. Uh, and I didn't hear his name. I got a little yeah. offended. But if he's next, then we can he, just jump into that. And here's why. Do I believe I can see a better version of Paul George than what I've seen in the past? I don't think you're ever even going to see Indiana Paul George again. Indiana Paul George would have been up on this list. But this Paul George has had shoulder surgeries, what, the last like three years, man? And I go, I don't know how much more you could give me. This is the best version of who you are. And while it's phenomenal, we're a quarter way into the season. And either he continues this torrid pace, which you, you would be happy with, or we're going to see what we've seen the last three years and he falls off. So I just didn't think that was worthy of being in that upper echelon. I just didn't. See, with Paul George, I think that – actually, maybe a little hot takey. I think this version of Paul George is better than the Indiana version of Paul George. Huh. Uh, and that's mainly because his his shooting efficiency has been absolutely insane. We know with the defense, we know Paul George is one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. Him and Kawhi make the best you know, pairing of defensive players that the NBA has available right now. But the thing with Paul George that has been – incredible this year is how well he's shooting the ball this man shooting 48 percent from three yeah. and that's on eight attempts a game it's not like he's only shooting three or four of them things he's shooting eight a game and almost shooting 50 percent uh you combine you know the the elite scoring that he's been given the clippers with the fact that he's one of the better perimeter defenders in the league that's why i just thought he deserved a little bit more respect than what he was getting on your list but one spot difference, you know, between tiers. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill you over that one. And and that's just what I, I I capped it at. Yes, he's playing great this year. Let me look back through his history. Okay, do I think we'll get a better version? Probably not. And that's where he lands. Right behind him, and and he's my next gatekeeper. So my gatekeeper so far at the at the inside of the Novas is Giannis. On the outside is Embiid. Uh, on the inside of Superstar is James Harden. On the outside is Paul George. And when I looked at that, I really felt that made sense. Um, after Paul George, uh, I have Jalen Brown. I'm very high on Jalen Brown. I think I love every single thing he does from offense to defense to team. And I think that Paul George is probably the comp for him. I think Jalen Brown's going to have That's a good comp. Uh, almost the same career as, as Paul George. After that... I've, and these are all my on the cusp. So these are not necessarily young players that are that can move into the superstardom. This could be uh, people like CP3, where you go, look, you you take OKC and Phoenix to the playoffs. You are a catalyst, and these are kind of catalyst players that m probably can't take you out of the first or second round, but they'll get you to the playoffs when you didn't expect it. So I've got. Uh, Paul George, then Jalen Brown, Bradley Beal, uh, CP3. Um, and this is where I kind of get nitpicky. Uh, and, and not so much, and what I mean is you could nitpick my list apart and I could flip-flop around. So in not a particular order, but in order, 
I have Donovan Mitchell, Zion Williamson, Jason Tatum, Trey Young, who I have to tell you, Trey Young will never get any higher on my list if that guy continues to refuse to do anything off ball, anything off ball. That guy is a cancer off the ball. And he can't play a lick of defense. A lick. And so you when I look at Trey Young, I know it's exciting offensively, but you are a good stats, bad team player, and you are the the like shine a light on what you can't be doing. You have to play defense, Trey. You refuse. When you don't have the ball in your hand, you gotta be moving around. He just has no interest in doing those two things. That's going to hold him back. Uh, did I, I can't quite remember. John Morant, Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons uh. is the defensive player of the year, period, this year. He is incredible when he locks in. Uh, Devin Booker, Jeremy Grant, Rudy Gobert. Woo! All right, all right, hold on. Time out, time out. We got to call time out because Jeremy Grant is one of the guys that I was also looking at. When I was filling out the the very last spot, I think my last spot before I had to ex Gordon Hayward, uh, it was between him and Gordon Hayward. Um, but you say with Trey Young, you say good good stats, bad team guy. Why does that not apply to Jeremy Grant? Because Jeremy Grant, I think, is at least Trey Young is currently in the playoff picture. Yeah, Jeremy Grant right now is the the poster boy for good stats, bad team. He actually went to Detroit so that he <laughs> yeah. could be. Yes, stats bad team guy. Hundred percent agree with you. Uh, that's why they're kind of in the same group. Do these guys? You know, I, I think Trey Young's got a little more round. We talked about bad rosters. Detroit is a is a bad. Not that oh, Atlanta has much of anything else, but Detroit is a bad fucking roster. And you know, the thing for me that really set him apart, he can get you 23, 24 a night routinely, and he doesn't do it on shitty shooting. He's eighty seven percent from the uh, from the field. What is it? 87, uh, 87% from free throw, 50% from the field, um, 47% from two, uh, 38% from three. It's not It's not horrible. He just, for me, he's been getting buckets this year. He's the only reason they win a single game. Um, and it's not that, uh, I think he's just, now what I see with Jeremy Grant, I go, okay, this was a person that people kind of discarded as just an extra piece. Um, we see kind of the reflection of him leaving Denver. Denver's kind of middling now. And not that he had all that ability, but when I look at Jeremy Grant, if you put him on a team, I honestly think that he would be a better building block for a team than Trey Young. If you were trying to build, uh, if you had a superstar and you wanted to add one, someone like Trey Young is a person you have to build around. For me, Jeremy Grant gets in there for the same kind of reason that Rudy Gobert does. It's it's he's not the caliber of 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 influence on the court as Rudy Gobert because the offense and defense. But I think Jeremy Grant's someone you could plug in on a team, and if he's your number three option or your number two option, and we're seeing that this year, I I think I think he deserves to be in that top twenty five. Um, I think that he, he and he's my gatekeeper, and so when I look at that, I go, you got to be better than what Jeremy Grant's putting up. And I don't think there's anybody really you could you could argue with me, Gordon Hayward. I think you could maybe try to slice Gordon Hayward uh, in there, but to me, if you said Gordon Hayward or Jeremy Grant, I'm taking Jeremy Grant. 
Uh, and that's going to be the lack of injury history over Gordon Hayward. That's what it's going to come down to. That's where I put these stars. When I do a little of this, like I said, I like to look forward and say, can they give you more? I believe Jeremy Grant could give you more. I believe Gordon Hayward's best days are behind him. All right, so I've got two questions about the end of your list here. One about an omission that you made and one about one of your rankings. Uh, so let's start with the omission. We have one person, well, we've, we've got a couple differences on our list, but one that stands out to me, and, and admittedly through bias is why this stood out to me. No Brandon Ingram on your top 25? I know. When I looked at Brandon Ingram, I could, I, you know, I could probably go... Good efficiency? I'll, I would sub out, you're probably right. I... You know, talking it out loud, I have gone back and forth on this so many times. I think I'd go Ingram over Grant. I think that's that's okay. the spot I'd make. I don't know if I'd I, – I, I am actually confident saying there isn't anybody else on this list I would take off for him. I wouldn't take Ja out of here. I wouldn't take Devin Booker. I really like Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker is making a lot work on Phoenix where he should have the ball more in his hands. That's where he's a better scorer. But he's playing his role. And when I see a person like Devin Booker and he's young who goes – I'm going to buy in and play my role. They just beat the 76ers yesterday. That means a lot to me. I mean, he took that dagger three at the end of the game. Very to kind of pushed him up. Too. Very great. It was a great game. It was a phenomenal game. And and Devin Booker took that heat check three in front of Simmons because Simmons was only out at the three-point line. And Booker was like seven feet behind it, and he took it and, and daggered it. So Ingram, I'll take Ingram over Grant. I'll give you that. I'm moving Ingram in. I'm moving Grant out. I, I think that's the right move. Okay, all right. Um, and so, yeah, I won't argue you down too much on that because, I mean, Ingram only had my 22nd spot. Yeah. So if you got him at 25, that's fair. Uh, the other – okay, so the one that stood out to me uh, in your ordering here is it sounds like you're a lot higher on Jalen Brown than you are on Jason Tatum. And I have Jason Tatum just a spot above Jalen Brown on my list. They're, they're almost in the same position, but I put Jason Tatum just slightly above Jalen Brown. Yeah. So you tell me why you have Jalen Brown so much further up on your list than, than Jason Tatum because it sounded like there was a little gap there between them. There is a little gap. I think I think Jalen Brown is on the cusp of being um, the fucking Paul George, man. Like, from an offensive perspective, from a defensive perspective, I think that Jalen Brown has the potential to be that superstar in someone like Paul George. I think Jason Tatum's... I don't know. This is kind of weird to say, but I, I just don't think that he's got the full upside. I think he's a... He's a good fit on every single team, and there's nothing to take away from him. I just like when I watch Jalen Brown play, I love his demeanor. I love I love everything he does on the court. I see someone who's always in sync with what's going on. Great vision when he's out there. Uh, he recognizes what's going on, and I think he's more of a central point than Tatum. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think Boston's in a pretty good fucking spot. If you like Tatum more, there's, there's not really... You know, anything, there's not a whole lot I can defend from a let's break all the numbers down. But that's just where I have it. I think when I watch. There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. I like Jalen Brown. I like, I love the, I love the fuck out of him when he's on the court. I just think that he's, I don't know. When I look at him and I look at his stats and I look at his arc, I I see Paul George like 2.0 on a team that's probably better coached. I know exactly why. 
Why? I know exactly why you like Jalen Brown more than Jason Tatum. And I was just waiting to see if you would put it into words. Jason or Jalen Brown has way more fuck you in him. Yeah. <laughs> Demeanor. The common theme on this podcast, we love the guys that have the fuck you. Yep. And uh and yeah, the Jason Tatum comes off more as like the uh, the pretty finesse player, you know, like I I'm I'm going to make these pretty moves, these step backs, these you know, these crossovers and it's going to look nice. And then Jalen Brown looks like the set, the sledgehammer, you know, like I want to put you through the rim if I can. Yes. I, I, yeah. I want to go body to body. Like, yeah, I understand. I just wanted to see what your argument was for it. And it's, you know, I think I got into that with demeanor. He, you need that guy. You need, you need that. And look, it's nothing against Tatum. Here's Tatum's stats this year. 26.6 points a game. Uh, what is it? Seven rebounds. Four and a half assists on forty-five percent field goal. I, I mean, that's that's really fucking good. I mean, it's it's the Boston's kind of not being talked about a whole lot, but the the truth is they've got two of the top twenty-five players, and both of them are only angled upwards. Neither one of them you're looking at it going, ah, that's you know. That that's probably that's probably it. This this is their peak. They're, we're not looking at it like a CP3 or or Bradley Beal that you go. That's as good as they're going to be. I don't think that. I, I think both Brown and Tatum. I think in three years, if we do this list, they could both be in that um, that superstar area. I don't think any of them have Nova potential, but I think they both have superstar potential. You see, that's where we just disagree a little bit because while I'll give you that Jalen Brown today might be the better basketball player i wouldn't argue with that you know if that was your position uh i think that jason tatum has the potential to be uh like the driving force behind a a championship team Uh, i do think that i don't think he's there now but i think in three or four years especially if these two stay together if they stay together we could see a little Kawhi paul george type of you know dynamic there for a while but i think that tatum could end up being one of those guys you know i talk a lot about how the your championship contender you have to have that star player that's six 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 seven six eight you know that can handle the ball that can you know do what it do when you need them to and i just feel like when it's nut cutting time when it's really time to go get a bucket and 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 go score and and try to close games out boston puts the ball in jason tatum's hands and i think that there's a reason for that can't argue with it can't argue with it i like i like their team i like them as both superstars right now they're both averaging 26 a game so you 52 points come out of them every night for the Celtics. That's that's insane. That's bro. insane. That shit makes me sick. Yep. And Marcus Smart's going to be coming back and the team's going to round the corner. Uh so I think that does it for the list. Um right almost right up on the hour mark, which pretty good work by us. Uh any NBA thoughts you got before we get out of here? Uh no, on Thursday this week we get Lakers Nets uh, Thursday night Ooh. at 10 p.m. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm very, very, very excited to finally get KD versus LeBron again. That's gonna be fucking great. Thursday, Ugh, that's a fucking must watch. Holy shit, I'm actually, I'm actually super thankful to hear that because uh, <laughs> that is gonna be a hot fucking tamale. Um, Especially after last night, man. That yeah. Warriors Nets game, I had high expectations. I no. made plans to sit on my couch and watch it. That game sucked. Yeah, it's just the Warriors have no offense besides Curry. That's the biggest fucking problem. So 
you know, that team is missing Clay so badly, it's disgusting. Uh, that's the biggest crime of the NBA season is Clay getting hurt again. Because, I mean, each one of them could have gone for 40 against the Nets if they, ha- if they, if they had another catalyst to keep them close. Um, but they didn't, and they got whipped. So we'll see what happens. You know happen- what, what I've noticed watching the Warriors is that, and, and tell me if you see the same thing or if maybe I'm tripping. Does it feel like to you that sometimes they don't they go too long without giving Curry a touch? Like I saw some possessions last night where Draymond gives the ball to Damian Lee, who gives the ball to Andrew Wiggins, who gives the ball to Damian Lee. Now it's back with Draymond. And I'm watching Steph this whole time like how in the world is nobody trying to get the ball to Steph Curry right now? And I understand that, you know, Steve Kerr probably, you know, that's yeah. probably a coaching thing. Like, hey, we want to move the ball. We don't yeah. want to just, you know, blah, blah, blah. But in the situation you're in, I feel like Steph Curry needs to go like 06 Kobe. You know what I mean? Like, yep. take take 28 shots a game if that's what you need. Like, bro, we need you to do everything. And I just feel like they don't do that. Like, they're still focused on playing the right way, playing within their system, yeah. yada, yada. And they're 500 with less talent than you should be at 500. So maybe it's working. But I just feel like Steph Curry should have the ball way more often than what he does. I think they might be trying to figure out if anybody can do anything besides Curry. And you may start seeing Curry's numbers go through the roof because they're going to learn that they don't have anybody else. You know, they were against the Nets. Nets defense sucked. And they were like, please, anybody else, score points. And they couldn't. I think that's it. I think you're. I think exactly what you're talking about, you're going to start seeing. So, all right. Go ahead. No, that, that's all I got. I just I want to see Curry go 06 Kobe. I think we're going to see it. I think it's coming up soon. Um, that does it for us, our Top 25 edition, which uh, I think we had some good revelations. Um, we have an exciting – basketball is going to continue to crunch up. We're going to get to that second half, that all-star break. We'll talk about all that next week. Um, You'll find me, Pick and Play 37, on Twitter. You can find Leo at Pick and Scroll on Twitter. Uh, remember, rate, subscribe, review, stay safe out there, and we'll see you next time. Peace.